dear listeners, and welcome to Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends, or as I like to call it, Jacqueline Swampert and her amazing friends. My name <laughs> is Jacqueline Swampert, and this is my amazing friend. Oh, thank you, my amazing friend, Jacqueline. Uh, hi, I'm Jane. We we've we took over Riley's podcast. This is our city now. We've taken over uh, Rataf for the uh, the show swap, the, uh, which I'm sure you've heard all about by now. If you haven't, this is probably a bit of a shock to the system. <laughs> it's us instead. Uh, if you want to hear <laughs> Riley, go over and listen to the Unwise Girls feed, uh, <laughs> where where they'll be they'll be reading the Golden Compass, I think interesting i read like one chapter of that a decade ago and thought it seemed kind of boring <laughs> <laughs> well i hope riley can convince me otherwise hopefully uh so th- this is uh jacqueline swampert and her amazing friend a fan fiction inspired actual play where we take the stories that corporations own and take them for ourselves because if we don't who will jane we're here to do an actual play what are we doing today jane uh well the 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 story that we are stealing is uh kind of unrelated to us. Might be a little bit uns- a bit surprising for anybody who's heard any of our previous output. Uh, we're gonna do uh, Percy Jackson. We're gonna do a Percy Jackson role play. That's right. <laughs> and we're gonna be playing uh, "I Have the High Ground" by Jess Levine, which is a uh, competitive dueling RPG about the bantering that goes on before a battle. That's exactly right. Uh, I am incredibly excited. Uh, we, we played a test game of this mm-hmm. about a week ago, and that was so fun. So I'm really excited to uh, get in there and make a cool story. Yeah, this game owns. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so <clears throat> the basic loop of this game, I'm going to explain it up front so that what we're doing makes sense. Uh, we're going to establish sort of the stakes, the events, what's happening, our characters, and then we're going to do a series of like rock, paper, scissors games that uh, determine who has priority in this sort of pre-confrontation uh, d- duel, I guess. The pre-duel mm-hmm. duel. The, the duel of wits and words and looks rather than swords. Should we start off by establishing the background for the duel? I think we should do that, yeah. So one of the um, one of the really cool things that we kind of picked up on as in like a background thing in a lot of the um, the Percy Jackson Rydenverse books is the idea of like the Greek gods as a cosmic mafia. This is something that comes up in one of the side stories, Son of Magic. Uh, that's kind of the only place where it's addressed prominently. But it's like the the idea that the the Greek gods are basically they're completely illegitimate. They are just kind of like a big magic crime family squatting on power. Uh, and we thought that um, since Rick Ryden seems uninterested in developing that idea any further, uh, we should do that by having a cool magic duel between two demigods in the 1920s with like gangster outfits and shit. Yeah, uh, touchstones I'm thinking of for this uh, include Bacano. Mm, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's a big one. Uh, so if, if you know Bacano, you, you probably know that I were going for. It sounds like the genre we've landed on is sort of a like real world historical urban fantasy crime thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, the next thing we do is pick uh, the level of stakes. There are three levels. Is, is there life or death on the line is basically what it is at the end of the day. 
Uh, so there's three levels of stakes. There's foil, which is the low stakes. This is just like two people kind of in a, a dramatic personal confrontation, like scrapping outside a pub, basically. Uh, there's saber, which is kind of... Um, th- this is two people battling each other to the death, but maybe this doesn't necessarily matter for the rest of the state of the world. And then epe, which is... It, it's, it's even more high stakes than that. It's two people battling for like the, the face of the world or the galaxy or whatever the fuck. There's there's two things happening here, right? There's mm-hmm. uh we are just some petty mobsters, but at the same time we're also it, aware of like there are god things happening. So, I think I think we could go uh foil, we could go low stakes or we could go at pay and just go like grand stakes. Like this could be something that is like going to impact the world, you know? Mm. See, I was I was kind of I was thinking maybe Saber. If we we did something like, I don't know, like one 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 demigod who's like left the, the crime life or whatever the fuck. Maybe running into an old partner or something. I think Saber works. I think that that feels like the right level. Like you you want life and death to be on the line in this kind of story. Mm-hmm. Uh but we're not like plucky kids going out on a I mean maybe we're plucky kids, I don't know. But we're <laughs> we're not like plucky questers, right? Mm-hmm. The, those are the those are the types that save the world. We're just saving our own skins. Yeah, we're 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 just like we're trading we're trading ambrosia in like prohibition here in New York or something. <laughs> That's cool as hell, I have to say. <laughs> uh, so the next thing we'll do is uh, figure out who our characters are to each other, the hi- their history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to choose uh, one or two of these options, which I will read out now: betrayal, rivals, arch nemeses revenge, strangers on the battlefield, former allies, unrequited love, ex-lovers, mentor and mentee, mutual respect, or unrequited respect. Uh, what could we do here? What could we do with this? We could go former allies and betrayal. That's always fun. That's always a fun angle to go with for like a mob or crime story. Any other stand out to you? Uh, we could do, we could do like unrequited respect. I feel like there's an unrequited respect between us. Like between us, the players. Uh huh. <laughs> I feel like you yeah, respect you know, me a lot more than I respect you. <laughs> I was gonna say that, but it feels worse coming out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home, who care? We were, we're great friends. We always check in uh, after every single episode and say, "Jane, are we?" I I always say, "Jane, are we still friends?" And she says. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, every single episode. <laughs> I say I would never replace you as a friend, Jacqueline, unless you did something dumb or uncool. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of dumb and uncool, uh, Psyche, flipping it around, speaking of awesome and r- cool, uh, we're, let's let's continue this, this game. That's uh, why I would never replace he... you as a friend, Jacqueline, because you are awesome and cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, I like... I like um, betrayal and unrequited respect. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I wonder if... So for, for our test game, we did like two people randomly running into each other. I wonder if this would maybe be like more of a, a confrontation that's been kind of built up to. Maybe the betrayal is like one of us went rogue, took a, a big case of ambrosia or something, and is like trying to extort money for it. And this is like the confrontation where one of us has shown up with like the the money for it or something there's like in a warehouse on the edge of town or some shit yeah i like that a lot 
do we want to detail our characters a bit more maybe yeah yeah generally i want to ask which of us was betrayed and which of us uh had the unrequited respect i think whoever got betrayed should have the unrequited respect for the other person i think that's maybe what makes the betrayal sting so much i like that like maybe it was like a, a a higher up in the in the family yeah yeah someone who kind of always looked out for them that's cool that's actually really cool uh, as for Betrayer and Betrayee, uh, I don't mind either way. I, I played the uh, person who got quote-unquote betrayed in our test game, so you could you could have a go at that if you want to, but I don't mind either way. Yeah, you can be the, uh, the Betrayer. Hell yeah. At this point, we're going to uh, decide on some descriptors for our characters. These are, there are a number of sort of paired uh, adjectives given, and we are going to uh, take a, mem- a minute look at which ones we feel are appropriate and then uh sort of present them to you the listener and we'll leave all of it in because fuck you (laughs) maybe (laughs) so jane which uh which pair of opposites do you like here uh let's see i think impulsive versus tactical could be good that one is cool i was thinking debonair versus utilitarian Ooh, i like that I, I like the idea of one of us being kind of a fancy mobster and the other one being uh, not quite as fancy. Well, so, so the fancy one of us could have like a, a proper fucking demigod weapon. Like yeah. Like a big sword or some shit. And the other one just has like a Tommy gun loaded with celestial bronze bullets or something. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Which would you like to be? What do you think? As the betrayed, I'll take, I'll take utilitarian. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that makes your character uh, debonair. Now we'll each pick uh, an individual descriptor that both of us share. I'm just going to say ones that stand out to me. Hell yeah. Cruel, brutish, cunning, vulgar, tactful, infamous. I like infamous. You like infamous? Yeah. We're both infamous gangsters. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. And now we're going to individually pick two to three descriptors about our character. Have I gotten debonair confused with flamboyant? What does debonair mean? sophisticated and urbane yeah it's it's not it's not flamboyant but it's like fancy it's you know Mm, you're 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 well dressed i guess well dressed in that case i'm going with the celestial bronze rapier that's fucking cool i think i will also take flamboyant unless you want it yeah flamboyant is just fine i'll take young Mm, yeah vengeful young and vengeful makes sense yeah young and vengeful and gonna say gonna say uh quiet Ooh, I might take ironic. Ironic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my character is all is always posting on something awful. Oh, great! I love to hear that. <laughs> I think she's she's just very arch. Gotcha, gotcha. I think I might take my last one reputable, like just okay. just to kind of hammer home on the infamous thing. This 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 lady was probably like she was a big shot in the organization before whatever happened happened. Hell yeah. So we got my character, who's utilitarian, infamous, young, vengeful, and quiet. And my character, who is flamboyant, ironic, and reputable. All right. So let's go into the exposition phase. This is where we answer together, what brings the two of you to this particular battlefield today? This is where the series of events leading up to this particular duel are settled, though these events may shift later. In the process of establishing these events, the backstory between your characters might also become more clearly defined. Yeah, so... Uh, I think we have some of this already, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, One of us betrayed the other. Uh, One of us betrayed the family. You betrayed the family. You took an entire case or two of ambrosia. Yeah. That is not 
like uh free flowing you know yeah yeah that doesn't come out of the earth listen the, the the gods the gods end up reflecting whatever society they're in and that means that right now we're doing prohibition yeah exactly uh you have come am i right does this sound right like you've come to sell it and i've come to ambush you Ooh, i was thinking it was more like um a, a meeting where like you've come with like the money for it and then it just like escalates and goes wrong but i kind of like ambush more I, li- I like a double cross yeah yeah because two betrayals well, so would would this be like you were like, all right, I'll sell it back to you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that that's that's always the best market for stolen goods is whoever you stole it from because they want it back the most. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So you say, all right, come here. I'm gonna sell it back to you. I show up, but I, I instead of the money, I've got a gun. Yeah, you, that is not my fifty thousand drachma. Gotcha. All right, that sounds good. Uh, so let's figure out the environment. Where does your duel take place? We'll choose. Uh, we'll choose one adjective from three of these. Uh, there, are like a bunch of bunch of or statements, uh, such as like uh, dangerous or secure, chaotic or serene. Mm. We'll, we'll choose one adjective from each of these. Uh, from three of each of these. I like precarious. Precarious? How so? What if this is going down in like this on the Statue of Liberty's torch or something, something fucking ridiculous like that? Okay, that's a, I was not <laughs> expecting that, uh, but yeah, that could be true. Is that big enough to have people on it? Uh, there's a magic room inside of that only demigods know about. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So we're isolated, <laughs> also. Yeah, we're in the shadow of the of the Statue of Liberty, who is like. It's the biggest, like, symbolism thing. Like, it's it's the world's biggest, like, okay, <laughs> I guess this is, uh-huh. You put anything on that fucking statue, and yeah, it's 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 all, it's immediate symbolism. Well done. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's figure out one more descriptor. I mean, we're inside the torch. Maybe it's boiling hot. Ooh, yeah, yeah. There's, like, I don't know, a, a Hephaestus forge in there that, like, keeps the, keeps the fire going, even though you can't actually see a fire from the outside. I like that, yeah. All right, so let's establish details about our individual characters. This starts off in a very fun way. <laughs> I have the high ground, really understands the genre of dueling. Damn right. Because of that, Jane, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Think in your mind, is your character wearing a cape? Don't answer yet, but think about it for a second, and I'll think about it too. Tell me when you've decided. All right, I've decided. I've also decided. Okay, so here's how the cape rubric works. First we check, are either of us wearing a cape? Yes. I was going to say no, which means you went, you get advantage. You get Yay. priority. <laughs> I, You're wearing a cape? My character, I think, has got, is wearing like a 1920s gangster suit and like the fedora and everything, but has like um, a cape like underneath it like tucked into their trousers to like dramatically unveil if a fight breaks out or something but it's actually kind of uncomfortable and shitty and too warm especially in this fucking boiling hot room is it like a dracula cape like a magician's cape what's it like like a like a a, a roman warrior cape interesting interesting okay so next up we choose advantages you either get to choose first advantage or uh, you get to have you get to start the game with priority. Uh, Which would you see. like? You're ambushing me. I think you should be allowed to pick uh, your advantages first. So I'll take priority. Gotcha. Okay. 
So we will alternate choosing until we both have two. My first advantage is going to be to be taller than your opponent. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm shorter. Okay, uh, what have I got? I can't really have superior fashion because of my shitty cape. Uh, sure you can. You're debonair. <laughs> I can make deb- it work. I'm debonair and flamboyant, that's true. Okay, I think I, I will have superior fashion in that case. My suit is so fucking well-tailored that you can't tell I have a cape running down the back of it. <laughs> that's really good. And my other one is going to be to be your opponent's exact type. Ooh, that's a good one. You know what? This is familiar territory to me. I think um, this is where the family has been, like, producing weapons on the sly. Because it's a little forge. It's kind of tucked out of the way. Uh, And I think I oversaw some of that weapon production for a while. Okay. Gotcha. So you, you were like, all right, let's meet at neutral ground. Let's go to the forge that I know, like the back of my hand. Yeah, this is uh, the place where I know all the secret passages and shit. Awesome. Uh, what is your character's clothing like? Establish two or more details. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely going well-tailored. Well-tailored for sure. I'm wearing, I'm going to look up 1920s fashion really fast. Hell yeah. Oh, wait, I've had an idea. I had an idea. Okay. Which is... Uh, instead of having like the cape tucked down the back of my my suit, as funny as that would be, I think instead it's a case of like I'm wearing like the 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 classic kind of 1920s mob suit with like a bigger coat like tucked around the shoulders, but without my arms in the sleeves. Awesome. And like maybe it can turn it can magically turn into a cape in a fight if I want to keep my advantage. <laughs> Hell yeah. I am wearing, I'm wearing like some, a flannel, like a flannel button up. Ooh, that's good. Uh, and just like some very like casual trousers. Hmm. And maybe one of those caps, like one of those like derby caps. That's good. So yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely shown up to this fight more well-dressed than you. You're kind of, you look like you've just come from lunch or like a diner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Do you have any more details to establish? Uh, yeah, there's one that's not covered in the um, the the playbook, but I think we should maybe establish uh, who, which, which god is your uh, demigod a child of? Oh yeah, let's do that. So what I'm imagining here is that this is not like we're all the kids of one parent. We are just a bunch of demigods that didn't have like a camp to go to. Yeah. We inst- so instead, the way we're surviving is by being like a mob family. Hmm. I I'm going to say. That I am a uh, child of. Let's just go. Let's just go for it. Aries. Fuck yes. I think that, that fits very well with the adjectives you picked. Oh, one more, more, a uh, couple more uh, clothing details. Uh, I'm wearing short sleeves so that my muscles can be seen. Fuck yeah, that rules. I wonder if I'm a child of Aphrodite. That's fun. I. <sighs> I like the idea of a child of Aphrodite who like leads a forge. I think that's really fun. Like you, <laughs> oh yeah, you can't be picky here, right? Like mm. people will do what they can do. Yeah, exactly. It's like I don't know. It's making them artisan or some shit. Definitely, yeah. Uh, so next up, we describe our weapon. I believe you described having a golden rapier. Is that right? Celestial bronze rapier. Yep. All right. I want to have a Stygian iron baseball bat. oh that owns that's so cool so if listeners don't necessarily know percy jackson that well 
uh celestial bronze is sort of the default like this is what the good guy weapons are made out of this is what the demigod weapons are made out of yeah it, it can't kill people but it can kill uh like monsters and other demigods stygian iron can kill anyone <laughs> it's 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 what the like m- morally ambiguous people use yeah yeah i just i you saying that has just given me an idea please i'm gonna i'm gonna send you a picture which is terrible to do in podcasting format but might give you an idea of what i'm thinking here is that a is that is that a gunpla drawing a a sword from a sheath that is that is gundam vidar from iron blooded orphans uh whose gimmick is that it has like a rapier handle uh which it can uh like it hits things with this rapier until the rapier breaks and then uh sticks the handle into one of its side skirts and draws another blade uh, and I think I think my character has, is wearing like uh, a blade on each hip and has like the handle, and one is celestial bronze and the other is just normal steel. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I think the final thing for establishing character uh, is our inventory. Uh, we established two items that we're carrying on our person. I would like to have a flask of uh, ambrosia. That's a that's a good option. That's a good pick. I have a big box of chocolates that I was sent by a suitor just before I got here. Hell yeah! I you're carrying a box of chocolates with you to the deal. That's awesome. <laughs> what a asshole! Uh, in my pocket, I'm carrying a copy of uh of a book that you gave to me two Christmases ago. God yes. I don't know what book it is. What what were some popular books in like 1920s? I don't know, like The Great Gatsby. That can't be true. That can't be. I don't. I don't think my character would buy a copy of The Great Gatsby. Books from the 1920s. If I speak it into the microphone, it'll show up on my on my. Uh... <laughs> oh, you know what? Great Gatsby is from the 1920s. I y- yeah. I thought it was from the 1930s or 40s. I don't know no. why. <laughs> uh. uh... It's Ulysses. It's it's Ulysses. It's James Joyce. Hmm. I haven't read Ulysses. Neither have I. But like Ulysses is just another name for like Odysseus, right? That's true. Oh, actually, you know what it could be? It what? Could be, it could be something that I've actually read, and is also from this period, and also related to Greek mythology. Uh, is it? And it would fit in your pocket. It could be a little paper copy of the Wasteland. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I have a baseball that was signed by your uh favorite uh mets player or whatever the fuck oh man because i was planning to return it after this because i wasn't expecting it to go sideways god uh and i i will have one more thing and that is the uh, shiny drachma that i'm going to flip off the top once we're done with this mm. just one one nice shiny coin maybe it'll hit a rainbow and I can send a message <laughs> anything else or are you all good what if I just had like a normal ass gun? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just a gun. Just like a, a little snub nosed pistol in my boot or something. Definitely. All right. So let's get around to describing the encounter. So you can customize the circumstances of this, but there's one that actually fits perfectly. It's the trap. Yeah, absolutely. This opening designates one character the trapper and the other as someone they've trapped. Uh, within the narrative, the trapper shows the location and tricks the trapped into beginning the dual disadvantage. Do you think that is like I manipulated you into it being at the forge? Actually, ooh, I think I think that could be pretty good. Actually, I like the idea of my character like arrogantly assuming that uh, this is, that I'll have the home field advantage here when actually you kind of planned for this. 
Right. So the player who starts without priority, the player starts without priorities, the trapped, and the player with priorities, the trapper. Oh, in that case, maybe it's like you set up an ambush here, but didn't know that I like know this place like the back of my hand. I kind of like maybe you knew about the ambush and this was the real trap. Yeah. Is that is that too many layers? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's maybe we open with like you're like waiting for me to show up and I've used a secret passage to like get around behind you. I like that. All right. So what's going to happen now is that we are going to uh, wait. We're going. Uh huh. We haven't come up with names for our characters. You're right. So let's put the final details on our characters and then we can begin playing proper. Fantasynamegenerators.com, my beloved. Do I go for it? What are you thinking about going for? Is my last name LaRue? Do it. Do it. All right. I'm playing Tiny LaRue. Yes. I am a, a child of Ares, a son of Ares. I, I will have a... A, a, a distant, I guess, not descendant, but sort of a great, great family member who will one day be the best character in Percy Jackson. But for now, I'm just a <laughs> sort of a two-bit gangster trying to make my way around. Synonyms for love. Thank you, Dr. Go. Uh, synonyms for love are apparently be intimate, have intercourse, have it away, have it off, bonk, copulate, have a go at it. That's no, I can't use any of these for a name. <laughs> we could make this extremely fucked, and I could go with Beauregard as a name. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> we, we made a child of Aphrodite and a child of Ares. <laughs> Are we just doing a 1930s gangster AU with Clarice and Silena Beauregard? What you mean, the child of Aphrodite who did a, a big betrayal? Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Oh god, our brains are fucking broken. Oh my god, they are. This was not intentional, listeners. Uh, our our favorite, I guess, ship uh, from the books. I'd our favorite so. pairing of characters. Uh, we've accidentally stumbled ass backwards into recreating in this game. So yeah, go with Beauregard. That's beautiful. That that's 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 some true destiny shit right there. I'll go with Ellen Beauregard in that case. Ellen Beauregard, all right. Shall we begin the situation? Let's begin the situation. We will each answer to ourselves, how do you approach the situation? And in the end, we will either choose thrust, faint, or parry. The way that it works is that thrust beats faint, beats parry, beats thrust. It's rock, paper, scissors. It's just rock, paper, scissors. You'll you'll pick up on it eventually, especially because you'll hear us like yelling or groaning whenever one of us loses. I've got mine. I got mine. All right. We're going to say them at the same time on the count of three. Three, two, one. Parry. Faint. All right. So I win this encounter. Every time you win, you get one point. Yep. Yeah. We'll go until one of us has nine points. All right. So the option I chose was faint. I try to take advantage of my seemingly disadvantageous position by calling attention to the trap, then revealing that I'm more prepared than my opponent expected. Uh, well, your choice is parry. I, I, uh, took that. I tried to take advantage of how the trap allowed me to prepare, anticipating their possible responses to the trap well beforehand and preparing a counter to each one. Not well enough, apparently. I think, I wonder if what happens here is, like, I've, I've done my, my secret passage thing, I'm coming up behind you, and, like, without even looking around, you're just like, hello, Ellen, or something like that. Yeah, hey, Ellen, I can hear your footsteps. 
I knew I shouldn't have worn heels. Fuck. You're always wearing those heels. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I'll take the first point. Fuck yeah. All right. And now priority passes to me. Yep. Do we want to flesh out a little bit more, like, maybe how this, how you get into, like, an advantageous position from here? I, I think after that, I turn around. What are you doing? Are you hauling the casks behind you? Are you, like, uh... Are you getting ready to shoot me in the head? What's up? I think I was halfway through drawing my uh, celestial bronze hilt, and I like freeze when I realize that you've noticed me. Yeah, yeah, I like turn around and like via my imposing size, I just like glare at you, and you put your hilt back. You put you just like resheathe your sword. Yeah, I resheathe it, and I'm like twirling the hilt around my fingers casually. Like, ah, oh, I wasn't doing anything. Aha, aha. All right, so I definitely that definitely puts me in, pri- in the at the advantage. Absolutely. All right, and I've got my uh, my next choice. Uh, I think I have mine as well. Three, two, one. Faint. Thrust. All right. Did I get owned again? Yes, Cause... you did. <laughs> so, on a thrust win, uh, the victor made an offensive move which hit the loser exactly where it hurts. In a thrust win, the victor's narration should describe a physical action and or dialogue that's imposing, biting, or carefully pierces a tender spot, while the loser should demonstrate their hurt. I walk, I take two steps forward, bringing us like, there's still room for Jesus, <laughs> but... We've left room for shoe. <laughs> there's still room for shoe, uh, but <laughs> I, I put my hand on your shoulder and I say... What you're going to do is you're going to leave the crates. You're going to walk out of here and I'm not going to see you again. You got that, Ellen? Fuck you. You would not have come here without the money. You didn't seriously think you could beat me, could you? From behind my back, I pull up my bat and I tap it on the ground. I think I I do take a step backwards. You got to be prepared in this business. You betrayed us. I will take the steps I need to. Priority shifts back to you. Fuck, that's good. All right, I got it. I've got mine as well. Three, two, one. Faint. Faint. Ha So you've got priority, which means you win. Can you read out what happens here? Faint tie. A faint tie indicates that both characters attempt to bait a response, but the character with priority didn't fall for it, winning the turn by responding. Uh, by responding instead with an even higher stakes ruse, which successfully provokes the loser into losing their cool or revealing something they didn't intend to. Awesome. Okay. Uh, should I describe my, uh, I guess, ruse or provocation or bait first? Go for it. Okay. So I think what I do is I say, uh, we all knew you were coming. There's nothing you can do. You're at a loss. You tried to cut and run. We're not going to let you do that. You're outgunned here, Ellen. So put your sword away and let's talk it out. Uh Uh-huh. You predicted my every move, did you? And I think Ellen, like, takes another step backwards towards the wall. It's like, yep, you got me so figured out. You guys know me so well. Uh, but you don't know this place very well. I slaved away in here for a decade for scraps from the Olympian's table. So if you think I didn't take the time to get to know every single detail, and she reaches out and smacks a button, and, like, a little trap door opens underneath her, and she, like, whooshes down into a little side passage. Oh, shit. I think her voice echoes, and she's like, you got another thing coming. Uh, so this reveals something that I didn't intend it to to you, and that's that uh, normally in this situation, you'd see me calling for help if there were more people around. Ooh, yeah. I'm the only one here. I don't call for help. Yeah. I, I look down the passageway, and I I just say, shit. All right. Priority f- shifts back to me. Yep. And that's one point for you. 
I have mine. I got mine. Three, two, one. Thrust. Parry. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Uh, the loser offered an aggressive thrust, while the, which the victor struck aside to make a powerful counterattack. In a parry win, the loser must offer the winning player a pitiful insult that their character lobs fruitlessly at the victor, setting up a comeback or an imposing physical move which the victor can effort- effectively counter. Hmm. I'm imagining you just attacking me, like, from the side. Like, you're about to, like, launch an attack at me from, like, a, a passageway. Yeah, I think that works, as I maybe, like, I, I like, peek out behind a corner, lunge at you, and you maybe just, like, turn 180 degrees and grab me by the throat in midair. I grab you by the throat and, like, set you down. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I, I, like start unbuttoning my uh my 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 flannel and i say it's 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 too damn hot come on is this the game you want to play calm down i put that back on we are here to fight damn it you think i can't fight with my shirt off i just i I think i think ellen just just splutters and stays silent i i don't like take my shirt off fully but i am like one two three buttons gone all right that's mm-hmm. a bit cooler. All right, it's goddamn, it's hot in here. I don't know. I don't know how you lived in here so long. Yeah, me neither. No, fuck. That's no. That's. I need something more pathetic. Wah. <laughs> that's what Ellen says. She goes wah. <laughs> Classic Ellen wah. All right, priority stress back to you. Okay, I got my pick. I've got mine as well. Three, two, one. Parry. Thrust. So this is the same thing. Uh, loser offered an aggressive thrust, uh, and you made a powerful counterattack. Uh, I think this is me, like, insulting you. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that makes uh, more sense with the rhythm of things than me, like, att- attacking you. Yeah, I think so. I imagine uh, the tiny, like, leans against the wall and says, like, and frankly, I don't even need this bat if I wanted to take you down. Uh, and, like... Like, sets it on the floor and says, like, I know you're not going to do anything, Ellen. You're, you don't have the guts for it. I, I thought you had the guts. You know, I thought you had it in you. Oh, yeah. But well, you obviously you, don't. You think I'm too into you? You think I can't handle it because just because you unbuttoned a few uh, things on your shirt? And I think I, like, I pull the box of chocolates out and I'm just, like, casually taking one out and popping one in my mouth. Who gave you those? Oh, nobody in particular. Nobody that you need to worry about at any rate. Was that... Was that Liza? I would not kiss and tell. But yes. Yes, it was. Goddamn Liza. Stupid. (laughs) Alright. You know... You can have your fun. You can kiss whoever you want. Not any of my business. I know. And Tiny, uh... Just like... grimaces (laughs) grimaces <laughs> i think ellen ellen holds the box out to you chocolate and smack it away <laughs> pathetically <laughs> that's two points for you then yep all right priority shifts back to me all right i've got it yep three two one thrust thrust fuck <laughs> all right so on a thrust tie both characters attempted aggressive actions that the player's priority won the turn by being more imposing their demonstration of wit or prowess overshadowing their opponent's pathetic job can i make a suggestion What's your pathetic... <laughs> yeah 
I I hold the box out to offer the chocolates to you. Uh, you bat them uh-huh. away, and they like the the box, the open box, like hits me. Chocolates first, and because it's like boiling in here, like everything inside is melting, and it just leaves like a huge, awful chocolatey streak down the front of my very nice suit. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my fucking god! This was like two hundred drachma. <laughs> you pay too much for that shit, you know. It- you look good enough without it, you know. You don't need you don't need to dress yourself up all like that. Could I say Ellen? Ellen does a like. Well, at least I care about looking good. And then you hit her with the. Well, you look fine without it. Just like not even bothered by it. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And I say, you always look good in my eyes until that shit you pulled. And I shake my head. All right, that's four points. God damn, I'm getting owned. Ah, uh, you're you're keeping up. You're keeping up, okay. I got two points. Four to two. It's not so bad. This betrayal was ill considered. <laughs> uh, why'd you do it? You know why? Why? Yeah, that's probably why. I I, I end with just like why'd you do it, Ellen? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good place to jump. The priority. From. Priority shifts back to you. Yep. All right, I'm good to go. So am I. Three, two, one. Thrust. Faint. All right. So, in a thrust win, Victor's narration is to describe a physical action and or dialogue that's imposing, biting, or carefully pierces a tender spot, while the losers should demonstrate their hurt. I did it because I was tired of all of this, living off of their goddamn table scraps. I offered to take you with me, but you're just... you don't have the imagination for it. You really can't consider living outside of any of this, can you? What's outside of it, Ellen? We're all just under their thumb, come on. Not if you take enough of their shit and get away from them. I think I think Ellen is like has like taken off her waistcoat and like tossed that aside because it's covered in chocolate, so it's now down just the shirt. Yeah, yeah. I think Tiny looks up at you with like a, or like probably like, I guess looks down at you, but mm. like there is the you know like the camera angles and the scene of this would make it look as though he was like sort of at a lower position. Mm. Uh, says and says just like. How do you think of all that shit? How 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 does your brain work like that? And why do you use it to hurt us? You want the truth? Liza showed me a better way. She she's mortal. She can't get involved in any of this shit. If I want to make a good life for her, I have to get out of here. Well, goddamn, I guess that makes sense. Priority goes to me. So you are at three points now. Yep. All right. I think I have it. Same. Three, two. One, Perry. There you go. Even Stevens. Victor hits the loser in an emotional tender spot or takes a threatening action, which makes it particularly nervous and jumpy. Uh, the loser must narrate a significant and vulnerable reaction to the bait, uh, but the victor still re- reserves the right to the last narration. So what is what is the bait? Maybe I, uh, maybe um, Ellen kind of steps in closer uh, and is like, you know, if you really wanted to, you could still switch. You could still come with me. It's not too late. And like, while you were getting distracted by that, uh, she kicks the the uh, baseball bat out out from like where you've been leaning on it or something, and then slips back into another passage. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I I, I slip and fall down, uh, and Tiny says like. You're sending a lot of mixed signals here. <laughs> Guy almost doesn't know what to do. 
uh, frantically like scrambles to get the bat back, but like and like looks back up and doesn't see you there anymore. Uh, Tiny says like, "Ellen, come on, uh, c- come on, let's let's get out here. You can you could." I got one question, Tiny. Where's the money? You tell me, I'll leave you alone for all time's sake. I think I. This is where I like a uh, break. You know. Uh, this is where I like lose my composure and I'm like, you're not getting the fucking money, Ellen. I didn't bring any money. This isn't going to end like that. You betrayed the family. I'm here to hurt you. That's extremely good. But I, I am leaving myself open while I say it. Like I, I've lost any chance of surprise and I've also lost any, like, uh, I've lost my own cool. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe like Ellen's voice is like echoing from multiple different directions. Uh, and so you're kind of like you're spinning around trying to trying to find her while you're yelling and leaving yourself very open in the process. Yeah. Uh, priority goes back to you. All right. I got it. I've got it as well. Three, two, one. Thrust. Thrust. All right. Thrust high. Both characters attempted aggressive actions, but you won the turn by being more imposing. Uh, your demonstration of water prowess overshadowing my pathetic job. I don't like maybe I go up and I, I like squish the box of chocolates with under my foot. Oh, right? that's good. Uh, I'm like, you think you can escape? You think you can get out of here? You think you can keep running around? And I'm just like digging my heel into it. Like this, you think this is the life you'll lead? You're dreaming, kid. You're older than me. I think you are maybe like you're halfway through. You you like you're dreaming, kid, and then you like stop dead because, um, like, without without even noticing it, a passage opened up behind you, and you can feel like the cold barrel of a gun against the back of your head. Oh God! And I'm like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe the ambrosia wasn't enough. But I wonder how much the Olympians would be able would be willing to pay for that plus their top enforcer. Don't don't. Don't do anything hasty, Ellen. Who says I'm going to do anything hasty? This works out best for both of us if you stay alive. So, don't move. Good as hell. Good as hell. (laughs) Priority back to me? Yep. All right. I think I have it. All right. Three, two, one. Thrust. Faint. You 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 win again. <laughs> you should describe a physical action and or dialogue that's imposing, biting, or carefully pierces a tender spot. <laughs> I think after I say "don't move," I like keep the gun to your head and start patting you down. I'm like, what did what did you have on you? You had the book, the ambrosia. Did you have a third thing? One shiny drachma. Yeah. So I think I I pull out the ambrosia and I think I pocket that. I toss the drachma on the floor. Uh, and then I pull out the copy of the Wasteland, and I'm like, "Oh, you kept it, and on you as well. You were never gonna do a thing to me, were you?" And I tuck it back into your pocket. God, I never, I never even read that shit. Well, it's the thought that counts. You're a real, you're a real son of a gun. You know that. Well, isn't that what you've always liked about me? Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, so you definitely get a point for that one. <laughs> Priority goes back to you. So you're at that? six. Is that right? I'm on six. You're on four. If I recall correctly. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Parry. Faint. Nice. All right. So, 
Victor offered provocation or bait, and the loser took it. Uh, so I'm going to say, Ellen. Ellen, I always looked up to you, you know that? And here we are now. You got a gun to the back of my head. I came here to hurt you. This isn't how I wanted it, and come on. Is this what you wanted when you left us? This is how you thought saw things playing out? I think you definitely, um, you feel like the the gun against the back of your head, like, shake a little. And Ellen is like, I didn't think they'd be cruel enough to send you. I asked to go personally. There, there is, like, a, a sharp intake of breath. I think that, that definitely hit. There's a flash of red behind my eyes that you can't see. I use that moment to, uh, like, knock the gun away. I push it and get at your side. We're now standing face to face as I flip around. Fuck yeah. Nice. The flash of red, you don't see it when I turn back. Hmm. All right. My five points. You're at six. Very curious. Priority goes back to me? Yes. Or you? Uh, you. Okay. Yeah, because it's an even number turn right now, which means that you have it. All right. I have mine. Three, two, one, faint. Perry. Faint beast Perry. <laughs> I, I took some provocation or bait. Uh, what, what, what was your, what did you do to me? What was your fucking fucked up thing you did? I think you bat away the pistol, you kind of turn around, and you freeze. And Ellen, oh? Ellen is just like, Ellen is just like smirking up at you because like you, you had the perfect opportunity to go in for a hit and you just didn't take it. Yeah. Ellen is, Ellen is doing like the, you want to fuck me so bad it makes you look stupid smirk. I'm per- that's exactly what I was imagining. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh you're like what yeah, what you're seeing here is like um like you're smirking at me and it hurts. Like you can tell that it is hurting him. Mm-hmm. He is like uh he he is angry and kind of wants to kill you. Uh but also yeah, incredibly just wants to like <laughs> wants this all to be okay. Wants you to like you can tell like you can read everything right now. Yeah. You can see a different life playing out in his eyes where we both put down our weapons, leave together and and like say that it was all a mistake. Fuck, that's good. And you can see the hurt because he knows that's not how it's going to go. All right, yeah. you get that point. I think I think Ellen is doing the same thing. She's just hiding it much better. <laughs> much better, yeah. Hey, the, the keeping up appearances, right? Damn right. Okay, uh, priority back to you. All right, I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, parry. Parry. Did you also say parry? I did. So you have priority, so you, you take it. Goddamn. Parry tie, what does it say? A parry tie indicates that the character without priority believes they've finally spotted an opportunity to win in which to counter, but the player with priority wins the turn by patiently outlasting them, parrying the loser's blow to strike with their own counterattack. Alternately, the action of the character without priority might also be misinterpreted as a thrust, a display of genuine emotional defensive posturing misread as aggression, which the victor still uses to make a comeback and turn the momentum in their favour. I like the idea of it being a display of genuine emotion yeah. uh, misread as aggression. Because this is uh, using one of my advantages sort of against me. I am like a big guy, yeah, right? Yeah. And I am carrying a bat around. <laughs> and I think like I take a shaky half step for- toward you. But like it, it maybe it looks like I am going to grab you. 
uh, or like I am going to hit you. But that is not, even though that is not my intention. Let me let me check. I think where is it? Drawing your weapon. Characters can draw the weapons at any time if point play. I guess we've kind of done that. Because it says once someone reaches eight points, someone has to draw a weapon. I think I've drawn like three weapons on you at this point. That's very fair. <laughs> Although I will say, you've drawn your gun. You've never drawn your sword. That's true. That's your real weapon. Like that's that's what that's what will indicate that this will become a duel. I think you you take that half step forward, uh, and Ellen, without even blinking, like her boot is up and it smacks you in the chest, like with the heel and everything. Okay. Ow. And you maybe like you you are maybe like sprawling when she draws uh, her iron uh, blade. Really good, really good. Oh my god, was it your normal sword or your celestial bronze sword? I guess. I think actually celestial bronze is maybe good, just because like I like the idea that even in this like forge, which is like full of a bunch of like molten metal and fire and stuff, is like it's glowing even brighter than all of that stuff. Just to like underscore how much, how big a move it is. That's really good. So you've drawn your weapon now. What what? How many points are you at? Uh, eight. Oh, you're at eight. You just got eight for winning. Yep. So if if you reach eight points, I have to draw my weapon. Oh, oh yeah, that is what it is. Fuck yeah. You draw your celestial bronze rapier, and I, uh, for the first time, I do more than just like uh like tap it against the ground or like have it behind my back or whatever. Swing it. Or. You see me nervously looking at your uh, at your blade, and I like choke up with the bat. I get into a swinging stance. Like, all right, don't come any closer to me, Ellen. Oh, can I make can I make a suggestion? Yeah. Because I, I kicked the bat out of your hands before. But what if it's like it's got like a, a Mjolnir thing where you can like call it to you, but you are so free you are so freaked out that you like whiff and you don't catch it and it like hits the floor. Like I have to pick it up afterwards yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Instead of being able to do a cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like put my hand out, close my eyes for a second. Uh, and it flies past my hand and like <laughs> fucking god damn it and I pick it up from the ground and that's when I get into my stance fuck yeah alright so if you reach 9 points you win mm-hmm. I'm at 5 points let's see if I can make it up you have priority I believe I have priority that's right alright you ready I'm ready 3 2 1 parry penalty move fuck <laughs> so Here's a here's a rule that we didn't explain. This is the a big gamble. Move, uh, represents your character choosing to utterly disrespect their opponent, Impli- you know, turning your back to your opponent, disarming yourself. Uh, I am physically signaling or verbally declaring my intent to walk away from the duel. Uh, so similarly, to count as a penalty, you must meaningfully disarm yourself of your primary weapon, signaling your intent to abandon the duel in favor of communication or departure. Uh, so. Or to imply you don't need the weapon to best them. Yeah. So here's what happens. I get into position with my bat. I look like I'm about to swing. Then I look at the bat. I look at you. I say, no. It's not worth it. And I turn around and I chuck it out the window. So we see it's flying straight out the uh, side of the Statue of Liberty. We like cut, cut to a really wide shot of the Statue of Liberty. And it's just like a tiny little bat spinning on its way down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do turn my back on you and I say, Ellen, this isn't a game anymore. I'm not having fun. I just, I don't, we don't need to make it like this. 
You got that? So now you need to to see how this goes. You need to roll, right? I need to roll 2d6 and get below a 5. Which is the the this is such a big gamble if you are not if you don't like have the advantage. Yeah. I'm rolling 2d6 now. I got a 3 and a 1. That's a 4. Let's go. So what this means is that I succeed and score 2 points. My insult successfully baits my opponent into an equally over-the-top response. They lash out in such a way that I cannot help but turn back around. Uh, when when you, when you uh, Jane, narrate your reaction, the intensity of that should also betray some sort of vulnerability that gives me the upper hand. Uh, I think I think Ellen, Ellen sounds a little bit affront. It's like, you thought this was ever a game to me? You think I would treat a confrontation with you like that? I, And then she bites off whatever she was about to say. And maybe like as as you're walking away, she like she takes out the baseball that's like signed by your favorite player, and like just hurls it at the back of your head, and you maybe like you maybe like catch it without even looking. Yeah, I don't even look. I I don't even turn around. I I just grab it out of the air. I look at it and I say, "Ah, huh, uh, Babe Ruth, <laughs> all timer." I think I think also when when Ella made that throw, like her hat fell off. And it just kind of shows how, like, frizzy and unkempt her hair is getting in this incredibly, like, warm room. So just so she looks a little bit less composed. I, I toss the t- toss the baseball up in the air a few times. Uh, then I, I stuff it in my pocket. Uh, and I say, to, to make up for the shit you took. And then I say, Christ, it is hot in here. And I uh, take off my shirt uh, all the way. <laughs> and I say, like, all right. I, like, run a hand through my, like, thick, messy hair. Rick Riordan does not have the courage to make any Percy Jackson book sexy, but we do. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I have, like, one of those, like, 1920s uh, bodies that is, like, you see, like, you know, like, the there's always, like, the big guy in the gangster movie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it's not quite lumberjack, but there is, like, a lot of rectangle going on uh, and a lot of, like, uh... A lot, a lot of sweat, a lot of glistening. You are not Arnold ripped. You are actually kills people for a living ripped. Yeah, that's right. Like I, I, I kill people and then go to the factory for a little bit. Exactly. So I, I, ugh, I, I, I think I scratch my head and say, "All right, guess we're going then." Uh, priority back to you. No priority to me. Priority to you, I think. Yeah. All right, you got it. I got it. Count us down. Three. Two, one, faint. thrust. Shit. <laughs> so, God, fucking God, you have your sword out by this point, right? Yep. When I say, "All right, looks like we're going," I open my eyes again, and this time you see the red. It's not a flash this time. It's just burning behind my eyes. I step toward you, and I I talk as I walk. I say. I learned a lot from you, Ellen. You're a good killer. You were a good friend. At this point, though, I don't know that there's much else I need you for. Seems like we're all played out. God, that's fucking good. (laughs) Uh, And I want to just, like, put a hand on your sword. Like, on the flat of it. That's good. And I, like, look look you in the eye. What do you say? I think I also, I just want to quickly send you a picture of how I'm picturing Tiny's glowing red eyes. Which is just this. That's fucking cool. Just like, that's a that's a gunpla with that's a Gundam with a. It's 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 a Gundam with like glowing red eyes and there's like a streak following behind it, which I think is like 
arcing out behind Tiny as he walks over the room. It's anime as hell. It's very comic book still. <laughs> I I wonder if it is just a case of like Ellen Ellen disconnects her hilt from the blade, stumbles back and draws the steel. Uh, and it's just like she's lost the celestial bro. She's lost like the good. Uh, ooh, ooh, I, I know, I know. Yeah. She steps back and does that. And it's like, come on, you seriously thought it would be that easy? And then you toss the Celestial Bronze Blade into, like, a vat of molten metal. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> you motherfucker. I, I shrug. <laughs> All right, priority back to you. Right, that's eight points for me now, I think? Yep. All right, we're eight and eight. We're fucking tied. Uh... Oh, God. Okay. I think I've got Three, it. Two. Two. One. one. Penalty Thrust. move. Fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think Ellen takes a breath, look, looks up at you like all steely-eyed, uh, then flips her sword around and like um, thrusts it into the ground point first, and then just leaves it there, including the hilt. And it's like, you know what, Tiny? That was always your problem. You didn't realize that this whole thing was a game. This whole rigged mess. If we want to, we can stop playing it. But I don't think you'll ever be able to see that way out. And she, like, turns and heads towards, like, one of the secret exits. God. So you need to roll below an 8. Roll 2d6. Fuck! (laughs) What'd you get? That is an 11. Oh, fuck. Uh, Result above your current score. Your penalty move fails. Your opponent scores one point, so you win. And has priority on the next turn, even if this causes them to have her. Da, 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 da. Uh, either way, you incite a response from your opponent, but the passion that you have provoked elicits such an intense retort that you are compelled to turn back around or retrieve your weapon and display serious vulnerability. Your reaction should surpass the intensity of a standard move loss and be at least as fervent as your opponent's would have been if your role had succeeded in your insult had enraged them. Uh, and if your opponent reaches nine points and wins the game, which you have, your character's penalty move is integrated into the resolution, and your turn back towards your opponent must include an unhesitating attempt to strike. If you disarmed, you must retrieve your weapon and attack, or attack without your primary weapon. Okay. So, you incite a response from me. Here's my response. You, you say that, uh, and I say, He who is living is now dead. We who are living are now dying with a little patience. God, that fucking owns. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I think I just like spit that out at you and stomp on the ground, and it seems to nearly shake the place. Uh, yeah, I think I think that stops that stops Ellen dead. I think she she turns around with like tears in her eyes, and it's just like you're not gonna let me leave, are you? And I think can I can I describe a, maybe a potentially cool like strike? Yeah, I would love that. Which I think, I think Ellen, like, lunges back for her rapier, and maybe, like, Tiny, like, tries to kick it away, but just, like, knocks the, the, the hilt off it. Uh, so Ellen, it, like, grabs the blade, and, like, yanks it out of the ground with, like, blood streaming down her hand, uh, and then lunges at you with that, like, all wildly. Yeah, absolutely. You lunge at me, and the la- last word goes to the winner. I grab the other end uh, and I yes. pull you in close. And that's the image we fade on is both of us hands bleeding, 
grabbing the same blade, staring into each other's eyes with such a mix of emotions. That rips, I think. That's so good. All right. This <laughs> this has been... I have the high ground. <laughs> this game Fucking, is good. This game is so good. Real cool. Jane, give it up for Jane for coming up with the fucking setting idea in the first place. That was awesome. <laughs> give it up to Jacqueline for coming up with basically the entire concept of this episode besides the setting. I give it up to Riley for uh, letting us come on and steal the show for a little bit. Give up to the listeners for fucking being cool. <laughs> give it up to me for forgetting to write how the show ends down. I think they just like they just talk about bullshit while the music fades in maybe. That seemed like it was true. Uh <laughs> Well, listen. This has been a ton of fun. If you want to hear more of us, uh go to go over to Unwise Girls. You can hear us uh talk about Percy Jackson. Or if you want more actual play stuff, we've done some of that too. We did a actual play of Sleep Away. We did that with a friend of the show, Marcy. Yeah, exactly right. Check out Riley's episode of Unwise Girls. And you can also go over uh right now and listen to Riley on Unwise Girls. They're not talking about Percy Jackson, they're talking about uh the Golden Compass. And so you can go hear that and have a good time. All right. Jane, give us the famous uh, Rat Half sign-off. Uh, this has been Riley Hopkins, and these are their amazing friends. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Ba-da-da. <laughs> <laughs>